Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Baby. Oh, yeah. Monday, Monday, Monday. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. It feels good to be here, man. It feels really good. good. I'm all refreshed and everything. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMBA show. (laughs) Guys, I'm so excited for this one. I've had this idea for like a week. Haven't been able to put it in. In part because somebody got sick on me. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Are you feeling better? I am feeling much better. Uh, I apologize for deciding to get sick, though. Do that you know? Do you know what it was? My energy. Nope. What was it? Well, kind of. <laughs> it was your mustache. That's. Does possible. everybody notice he had the scruff? Everybody, you ever, Yeah, here's. You ever seen something like this? A guy goes with a new style. Everybody goes, vote. I love that style. Immediately changes it. Just to be like, you know what? I don't. Oh yeah, you did do that with your. I, I kind of have the same <laughs> thing going on. Like, and last time like, I saw him, me. he told me he loved the stash, and now he's got one. I will say, I forgot. Yeah, you by the way had it, the greatest mullet of all time. Actually, that's coming back. It's winter it? mullet time. So all right, he had the greatest time. mullet I've ever seen, with and this, then cut it off. I don't with know the why. stash, you have to push through the initial wave of no, reviews. No, I saw the take. YouTube comments day Such one. Did you check them day two? There was a turnaround. <laughs> yeah. There was a turnaround. Also, I had to cut off the mullet because I was getting married. I couldn't really get yeah, married. Yeah, that would have been a tough. It was kind of like the whole condition behind the mullet. You yeah. could get it. Didn't stop Spencer. Yeah, Spencer grew. is a different breed, though. Yeah, yeah, he's a different person. Guys, we do have a fun show for you today. First up, I got some news from. I got an interesting Jokic angle I want to take because there was something that was brought to my attention over the weekend that just really got me. Th- you ever get something that comes, like a, a Jokic story that comes up and it just makes you sit and think about oh, Jokic? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those Someone ones. Someone in your life goes, what are you doing? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm thinking about another grown man. And then in segments two and three, we're going to literally go through every game of the playoffs, every single one, and just kind of talk like in broad strokes about what happened in that game to kind of rank the series, what were the best game in each series. And then at the very end, with all that knowledge under our belt, I'm going to reveal my I order of all 20 playoff games this year. This is going to be a great way to remember the entire playoff run. If you're like me, I they all run together. Same. The further you get, the more they just kind of blend. Same. So it was fun to go through this weekend and really watch the highlights of every game, read the stories, just go through and try to remember, okay, this was this game, this was this game. And it's going to be fun, man. It's like we're going to win the championship again today. I Oh, well, that sounds lovely. I have yet to really relive this this way. And I, we were talking before the show. I feel the exact same way as you, especially because it was our first finals coverage as a team. So your mind is in so many places. A, so many. they're going to win the title. So the big picture is hard to, to ignore. But B, you really want to do a good job in your coverage. And you want to be, be able to think about all of it to the point where 
the actual possession by possession of watching the game, it does get a little lost. Right. These are blurred together in my mind, so I'm excited to kind of parse through it all. There was a lot of games that kind of had the same rhythm. Like when I go yes. out through them, I was like, that's the same game. Totally. They just happened in game one and game two. Um, but first, man, um, big weekend in Denver sports. It was pretty interesting. We're not going to get it too much of it. Um, but big weekend, man. What a treat. I will, broad strokes, Saturday night, man, was a big win for the state of Colorado. For that matchup to be in that, he's time talking about slot, Buffs, Rams, you. CSU, CU, big in-state college football rivalry. Thank you. People Not everyone has the yeah. context. I appreciate that. The Rocky Mountain Showdown, which is a big rivalry locally, regionally, they put it on prime time. They put it after an SEC game. It was the most watched game of the day, and it whipped ass, man. <laughs> it did and that's ass. that's all you can ask for. I mean, if you're a Rams fan, you could probably ask for more. Yeah, you could ask but, for a little more, or maybe you can't, but you'd like to. But there's. That that was a win. That that matchup looked the way it did in that time slot with all eyes on Colorado, man. Um, so so thank you, Dion, for that. I'm going to ask you a random. I always have are random you, stuff in this Monday. Yeah, yeah. Here, what are we, what are we doing? Look, this at the, is, look at the shadows and everything. We'll do it live through. to a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah here's, here's changing the lighting, remaking the set as we as do we it speak. live. We are a show that needs to look good. I did I look bad? Uh, oh, he looks so bad. It's <laughs> the mustache. It the just most. glows off the light too much. Um, <laughs> Have you? I'm going to ask you this Monday, so we're going to ease into this before okay. we get too far in. But it's Monday. Have you seen the trend that's on social media where women ask their significant others if they think about the Roman Empire? I have seen that. Have you seen this? Yeah. I hate to say it. I do. I know. This is what I was going to say. Yeah. I, this is what's so crazy about it is I was like sitting there going, because at first you're almost like, I don't think about that. And then you sit there and go like, yeah. okay, well, what does it mean to think about a thing? Yeah. Like a, a thought pops into your head. How often? Not that often. Just a thought pops in your head. You don't oh. mean you dwell on it, oh, but it's just like time. a thing where it was like, yeah, oh. Constant. Constant. But that, I here, here's what I, my dad had this, str- like a moth to a flame. Yeah. Just learning about battles. Yeah, of happened. course. Just battles that happened. Very interesting. Do you just, I, there's a, I, the closer you get to 40, I think, and every year after that, <laughs> uh, you just lose yourself. I was thinking about what I want some of my old interests to be. Yeah. Like I, my, yeah what could you pick? Move, I like this. I'm going to move to the water, not, not on a boat though, to the water and just chart weather patterns. Dude, I'm telling you, do vote, nothing with that information. Watching you grow up has been one of the joys. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You were such a, a wee young lad when I first met you. Wide eyed, wet behind the we ears. weren't thinking about the Roman Empire at all when Not I first once. met you. Big vegetation. I want to grow some big Wait, carrots when I get older. Quick question What part of the Roman Empire do you think about? Because I have a specific part that I think about constantly. <laughs> like, Please. there's one thing that I like actually do think about constantly. Like, okay. so what part do you guys think about the no, most? No, no. You have uh, to yeah, go. You started yeah. that me, question. So, me, it's uh, there's two things. How Julius Caesar got stabbed in the back okay and how the roman empire got taken down because of infiltrating uh clans so like, you're thinking late roman empire like, then yeah, the, fall the, yeah, yeah, the, the fall of rome yeah the fall of rome is more okay. interesting because yeah. I mean, great, of course it alexander is. the great was great for a reason right it's yeah. like they call Jokic <laughs> the goat for a reason like okay so All right. like, you know what i mean so like i think about the end like what cost the end more than the beginning yeah, I I mean, I went to Rome. It was really it. It was like a place where I was like, I could spend the empire. Well, I went to, <laughs> Sorry, that was really stupid. But you go through the ruins and you're just kind of like, I'm telling you, you're kind of like, this was 2000 years yeah, ago. No, it's it crazy. Feels like it should have been like 100 years ago. All of the different things. So I think it is interesting. The, the war part of it or the battle part of it, uh-huh. I do think it's like wired into men. And then I do think the statesmanship or whatever you want to call it, this the idea of like, how did a thriving society span the entire globe? 
and then eventually the fall. And, and how fall. empires don't disappear, Adam. They sit there like like rotting carcasses. You yeah. know? They still have a place yeah. in the world. Yeah, I mean, Rome's still all right, though. Like, well, the, the empire. empire. The, the em- but, um, not, not the like Marcus, Marcus Aurelius is really interesting. So anyway, I thought that was interesting, yeah. and I just thought we would get this out of the way. 16 minutes into the 16 minutes in the show. <laughs> but the thing that I think is really interesting is somebody sent this to me yesterday. Jelko Obradovic, who I've brought up many times on this show, he is the Phil Jackson of Europe. He's the Phil Jackson of Serbia, but really of all of Europe, the yeah. winningest coach in EuroLeague history. He now coaches Partizan. He's taken on um, PJ Dozier, who was on the show on Friday, by the way. If you missed it, go back. PJ was awesome, man, on the show. Great. Um, so he was doing an interview, and somebody asked him about Jokic. And it's in Serbian, so I have to rely on Miroslav. He's translating this for that's me. And tough. full disclosure, he's a partisan fan, so yeah. he probably like and a liar and a liar. So, so like we have to take this all with a huge grain of salt. But Obradovic was talking about: Do you rely on players like how much the coach-player dynamic? And of course, in Europe, you know, it's almost like college basketball, where it's like a dictatorship. The coach is the guy that says everything, and players just say yes, sir. But he said Jokic called him last year, called him last year, and told him that he watched. Abradovich's coaching seminar. Some seminar that is on like DVD or something, or maybe it's online. His, maybe VHS. Maybe VHS. We don't know. It's possible. Jokic watched it and had notes from it that he brought over to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And that the Nuggets this last season implemented some of his principles that he took there. But not just that vote. He also had notes for Jelko Abradovich, which means he must be watching his team's play. Part of, I mean, we know he loves. Basketball, Partizan and Red Star, you know, the two big teams there. He had notes for them for which Jelko Obradovic says he has implemented into their system. And the point of this lecture or the point of this conversation was that, A, Jokic is a basketball savant, as we all know. No. But, B, that great coaches should be able to learn from their players. They just don't, you know, that there should be some kind of partnership. But do you find this story as interesting as I do? I do, and there's a there's a C, there's a third angle to this, and it's so. How many jokes have we made about? Okay, Jokic has an off night. Is he watching X? Is he watching Y? Is he watching Z? Does he care? Right. And I think we've learned over the years that a lot of that stuff, let's call it the general aloofness, I guess, yes, is pretty heavily projected or assumed, yeah. if not. Maybe the best word is exaggerated. Yep. Because I think Jokic himself has presented some of it. Sometimes I think that's even strategic. It is. For sure it is. And the, Especially after game five, they're like, oh, we can go home now. Oh, we have to go to a parade? Right, oh. right, right. Like right. that stuff is so, you can it's, just see it in his like, eyes. He it's knows a, what, yeah. And I, I think he's comfortable being viewed as aloof. But I think of two things. I remember the first wave of this was when we weren't sure how competitive Jokic is because he sees the game almost like a savant to the point where the emotional stakes maybe aren't there. And Vlaco corrected me so quickly in person. Yeah. He was like, no, man, he cares so much. That that Anthony Davis game in the regular season we always talk about as a watermark in his career, Jokic was so pissed that he wasn't good enough in that game. And so, yeah, he went and he lifted afterwards and he watched film afterwards. And, and Vlaco says he's more competitive than you think. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to – the point being, I think you agree, Jokic loves basketball way more than we t- – He's not as he's a reluctant hero, a reluctant celebrity. He is not a reluctant basketball player. And I think that's that's kind of my takeaway. I'll go further. He loves the game of basketball, 
the thing about the NBA is it's not just basketball. Right. <laughs> it's all these other things. And I right. think he truly, genuinely doesn't like all of those other things. And so that aloofness to those things that is very natural, if not exaggerated, bleeds into the general aloofness about, oh, does this guy even like basketball? Right, like this or right. that. I do think Jokic hates basketball at times. I think, you know, there's probably musicians that read rock stars that hate music at times totally. and, and these different things. I think Jokic is probably more honest about those things than most, um, or at least show, shares those parts of him. But who watches a basketball seminar? I know, man. Who watches that? That takes like true and genuine curiosity to say, hey, this guy who's a great coach in a completely different league. I'm just going to take a look and see what kind of philosophies this guy has, how he teaches the game. Basketball curiosity, and then also maybe some interesting background information with Jokic dealing with what he is in terms of backlash. Is that not, maybe it's just the love of the game itself, but is there not a little like, hey, let's pass the knowledge around. Let's yes, make sure you got yes. it, I got it. By the it. way, a very Serbian trait. I mean, one of the things when I did the documentary, by the way, 100 Invisible Threads, Shouts to Miroslav. Nice well, shouts to Miroslav. If it now has Serbian subtitles, the Let's entire go. thing. So I know a lot of people in Serbia wanted to watch it, but their English maybe not good enough. Tag somebody. Put it on Twitter. Tag me and tag friends and say, hey, this now has subtitles because I want it to get a second wave uh, in Serbia for people that wanted to see it. But um, this was a Serbian thing with the founding fathers back in the 50s and 60s right. is that at a point in time, the Cold War, when the world was starting to be a little closed off, we don't want to share secrets, the the fathers of, of Yugoslavian basketball said, we need to send our coaches to America. We mm. need to send them to Italy. We need to send them to different places to get training. And we need to take new coaches in. They opened up their world saying they wanted to like share because they had this, we want Yugoslavia or Serbia to be the best. But we also just have this duty to basketball. Right, and I think right. that's kind of what you're getting at with Yoke is there's this, it seems to be this appreciation for the game and the growth of the game. He has, has a quote one time where he talks about something like 20 years from now, they're all going to be way better than me. Right. And I just love it. Right. It's such a like understanding of where you belong in what we hope to be the progress of time. I absolutely love that. And yeah, I think the idea of Jokic seeing something that is germane to the work of a coach he does not play for. Right. And just thinking, man, like his mind, the basketball world would benefit from this. Or maybe even just, you know, our perspective on basketball and our basketball knowledge. It, it, it's just awesome. And, and, and I think it, it reveals some of what we've learned from Jokic about Jokic over the years, which is just what we were saying, that that stuff is easily exaggerated. And the extent to which he cares about the game itself is easily understated. And here's the last point for me, vote because you're right about the passion part. We, we've checked that box now. We think that this story really demonstrates a part about him. But here's the other thing. Leader yoke. We always wonder what does that mm. mean because it's not always in front of us. He's not always doing the thing like this or that. But it has become over the last couple years more and more often that Jokic will grab a whiteboard take over a huddle, do this or that. And I look at this and I go, Yoke is kind of graduating into, you know, when you're like a, first you're a grad student and then you go off and get an entry level job. Right. If you're like a physicist or something, sure. like you're a grad student, then you're an assistant to some lab, maybe you work for a lab. But when you've gotten all your experience, not just education, but also work experience, oftentimes you'll go into theoretical the theoretical department. Like, I now am going to try to chart new territory. Right, I'm right. going to try to discover. I kind of wonder if Yoke, with a title under his belt, 
with two MVPs and, by all accounts, mastery of the game of basketball. I wonder if this is the next part up here to where he is now. I'm not going to say on the level of a Jelko Obradovich because I think that takes actual experience coaching. But I just as a thinker of the game, I wonder if he's like, you know what? My next job, spread this knowledge. Right, right. Maybe not coaching, but you know, almost like universally accessible basketball consultant, but just through, and also can he innovate, which he has done already in his like micro movements and yeah. his style. But the coolest thing about Jokic to me is that he came about at a time when we were questioning if basketball was solved. Right. And he's such a hard zag to the ways in which we had understood it as solved. And I just, this guy pushed our understanding of the for, the game forward. Can he be a legitimate innovator and not just adding to things, but just, hey, man, I don't think anyone has thought of it this way yet. And is there utility in that for, in, for you, the basketball You world? even took it a different direction because the direction I was thinking was more, we talk about guys like Zeke Naji, Michael Porter Jr., Peyton Watson. Sure. Those guys need to get up to speed this year. You know, I mean, Michael Porter's already up to speed a lot, but how do you get him to the next zone? Part of me wonders if this is what Yoke needs to do. He calls Jelko Obradovich and says, hey, you should put in this, this, and this. To me... The best yoke this year is probably the one that says, all right, Porter, yeah, here's yeah. how you get to the next level. Totally Let agree. Let me just coach you through every step. Totally agree. And it also, with the background of what we were talking about, the whiteboard stuff, he's pointing to guys, telling them where to be more and more. It does make me wonder to what extent that has already started behind right. the scenes. Yep. Um, I think and, it is. I think it has. Yes. But the playoffs we heard, it was Bruce Brown was on that podcast, and he was like, yeah, man, yoke just started like, in the playoffs, he really stepped up his voice. I hope that that becomes the new normal yeah. and that that's just a thing he's comfortable doing the rest of the time. It's not his job to, and he has said this in the past, but that's not the operative question, right? Like, can should you, instead of going like this at Mike, yeah. pull him aside? And, and it, again, maybe that happens more than we know or think. The frustration is understandable, but I think that's the exciting part about those are the ways that Jokic gets better because it's not, he can't really materially get much better at basketball. I mean, he's but he can, the influence he has, helping other teammates get even better, which is arguably his best trait. I think there's actually headroom there. Yeah. So it's exciting. I just love it. It's like Michael Jordan telling and Phil giving Phil Jackson advice and vice versa. Right, right, you right. know, only you know Michael Jordan was a great player. I don't know if he was a great thinker of the game. He was obviously very good. He's probably the greatest player ever. But Yoke, that is his genius, and I just love this idea of two geniuses sharing notes out of passion. It's like they speak a language that only a handful of people in the world speak, and they had a conversation, and it just tickles my heart to know it. All right, on the other side, guys, we're going to get to the fun part. We're going to run through all these playoff games and then rank them. Let's relive. Let's relive the best run of our lives collectively on the other side of this break. Uh, some of the, the, the fellas in my life, maybe the ones I'm related to, watched them age, and I, you know, I'm happy to say a lot of them still have their hair, but there was some thinning going on. Dad, I hate to say it if you're listening. Your hair got a little thinner as you got older. It's not your fault. It happens. Uh, but I'm looking at ways to stay more voluminous and uh, just generally better looking than you did later into my life. That's why I'm zeroed in on Nutrafol, where I don't have to choose between better hair growth and my health. It provides a whole body approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. And yet one of the big barriers between me and taking new products is what is in this stuff. I don't know what anything is anyway. So there's always a bit of fear when you're like, hey, I'm going to add this into my life. But this is why Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement because clinically approved uh, to improve your hair, growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage while you have minimal risk and confusion and doubt about what you're putting into your body. Nutrafol, they're awesome. 
check them out. Volo Sports is really cool. I wish I had it when I first moved to a different city where I really struggled to meet people out of college. Man, growing up, Adam, there's all these ways we build community oh, into so people's many, lives. Yeah. As a kid and in college, it's there for you. You become an adult, gotta go find it. Volo is so cool. The largest social sports company in the US. They have a lot of leagues where adults can play with their friends, come and meet new people, sign up as a free agent. And the whole idea is that we play with Volo so the kids can play for free. There's the Volo Kids Foundation, was a separate 501c that provides free sports camps to kids in each city. Fall leagues are open now. Sign up before it's too late. Get your Volo Pass and start playing in leagues as a free agent today. Make sure to use code DNVR10 for 10 bucks off at www.volosports.com slash DNVR. Alrighty, and we are back. All right, let's get into this vote. I've been going through a lot. I had to take a little time away from the Nuggets after the title run. We know it was long, but over the last month or so, I've been slowly going back and catching some of these, you know, game here, game there, whatever. Um, so I have become more and more familiar with them, but over the weekend, I went through every single one. I just went beat by beat and was like, I'm going to watch the highlight, that 10-minute condensed version, so I can remember every game. I'm going to go through these series by series and give my order of what I think was the best game all the way down to the worst game. So we're going to start with the Timberwolves. Okay. This one was tough. I will say this. It was by far the least compelling playoff series, in my opinion. It, in part because there weren't the big moments. There wasn't a definitive game. There were narrative. You remember Yoke's wrist? We were yeah, really yeah. worried about Yoke's wrist for a while there. So Yoke was almost, he was great, but he wasn't quite as great as he was in rounds two, three, and four. Sure. And it also wasn't needed. Game one to me was the number one. And the reason was it was a complete ass whooping. It was a Nuggets blowout yeah. from start to finish. They look great. Their defense was incredible. Their defense in game one, that's when we kept wondering, can they play playoff level defense? Their defense just swarmed. Um, and I think game one might have been the best because they just led wire to wire and dominated. It provided a, a layer of safety almost with expectations for the rest of the series. We'll talk about it in a bit. It gets briefly dicey. Yeah. But... There's this game one thing we all needed to see that you fall back on. The defense to end the season was horrendous, yeah. as it was to start the season. <clears throat> and here's a question no one wants to relive. Do you remember asking each other every day, is it a switch? Can they flip it? This game, yep. by halftime, the answer to that question was yes. Yep. So then I, I walked away from this one, and I remember feeling that way while I watched it. Man, even if they struggle at some point, like they can lock these guys down. They're going to win this series, and I feel better about the next one, too. The starters in that game, Murray plus 24, KCP plus 21, Porter plus 22, Jokic and AG plus 15 each. It was just a butt whooping, man. Like This game didn't have a ton of intrigue other than that they completely and utterly I dominated think, them. I think the only remotely interesting part to it is that while it never really threatened the series, we did get a test of... Even if they're not... Even if one of them's cat, this is still two bigs, yeah. which provides... Not not necessarily for Denver, but for Jokic looking like the GOAT, it's going to provide some kind of barrier. And we saw that right away. I thought the second best game in the series was game two. Mm. Now, Jamal Murray dropped 40. Jokic had, and it's one of the plays I remember. Like I didn't, There weren't really that many iconic plays. But do you remember Jokic's yes. spin move, scoop shot around Rudy, and then he kind of gives the smirk face? He just kind of yes. gives like a... <laughs> and oh, I, boy, I, I got myself with that one. I've got a really similar take about this one, too. I... I don't I never actually doubt Jokic like ever. Yeah. Right. But the playoffs are starting and you do there's this question of, man, how good is he gonna be? I right. know he's gonna yep. be great, but how great? 
And then he hits that one and he's laughing and I'm laughing too. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be very great across this run. The Nuggets were up 20 in game two. Like we remember the Wolf series as being cl very close, right? Like it was a hard fight. Bruce Brown said maybe it was the biggest challenge. They win the first game. They're up 30 at a point. And in game two, they're up 20 at the half. The third quarter was absolutely atrocious, and Minnesota actually took the lead. Right, right. So I think Denver wasn't up 20 at the half. I think they were only up 15, but they were up 20 in the second quarter. It starts to bleed, and then they blow it all in the third quarter to where they're trailing. Michael Porter had 13 in the fourth. He hit some big-time shots, and the Nuggets were super clutch. Like they, The second half sucked all the way into the last five minutes when the Nuggets closed the game, scoring, uh, making eight of their last ten shots. Murray hits a couple threes. Porter hits a three. Or Actually, I think it was Porter and Jokic. That basically came up clutch in this one. Yeah. Um, and, and they get the win. It was kind of a comfortable win at the end, but, and the game was kind of a butt win. They dominated most of it, but it ended up being close. It bleeds into something we see in game three a little bit too, though, where like to that point, there's a bit of, bit of a question of, I mean, he was good in game one, but in game two, they had all these things working, but for three quarters, it was where's Mike a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he steps up at the end. And that has this really like, oh, that's like this added layer they have where when he's involved, they're going to pull away from teams like this. And then obviously that bleeds into game three as well for Mike. So game three, by Mike, the way, really quick, uh, was the game two's that's when Anthony Edwards has 41. Right? Anthony Edwards was great from game two on. I yeah. mean, he kind of was, was dope after that game one. Not so much. Um, game three, Michael Porter had 25 nuggets led the whole game again. You don't remember this because we remember the last two games where it got really close, but nuggets, another kind of dominant win. Um, and then in the clutch time, it got close in the clutch and Nugget starters go back in and it was just a masterclass fourth quarter last seven, eight minutes. They kind of score every single time. And even though it was close and they didn't get as many stops as they would have liked, you kind of, in hindsight, you watch that and go, oh, so they just did the Nuggets thing where they went to their best offense and nobody could even come close to stopping it. But I do remember actually in that game that for three quarters, it didn't quite look unstoppable or it wasn't the most pronounced Here's what I remember. Quarter three came, and it felt a lot like they need something more from someone else. Yeah. And Mike was really good. Mike was really Mike good was there. Mike was really good in that game, in that quarter. Um, um, game four, Jokic has 43. Again, this is the game they lose, and they lose it in overtime. But again, Denver had a 10-point lead in the third quarter. We remember these games a little differently. And look, they lose this one, so they you know they deserve the L. But Denver was once again up big. Um Nuggets offense in the second half just hit a wall. They couldn't make anything, and that's really why they lost this game. In the final three minutes, they were down 10, and they storm all the way back. Michael Porter had some big they were buckets clutch, in that yeah. one. Jokic had a ton of big ones, um, except for Jokic missed a free throw. And the only reason they didn't sweep that series is because Jokic missed I one know. free throw with 13 uh, seconds Thank left. Thank God we didn't have to dwell on that for more than two seconds. But, yeah. that, but that also, man, that run by Jokic and Mike, which wasn't even... It was like the desperation run where like they the game was over and then it wasn't. But it also wasn't even like what Denver wants to do. It was just those two talented guys catching yep. fire and it erased their lead just like that. And that to me helped me realize how big the margin for error was, right. how much better they were than yeah, the Yeah, cuz this was a bad game for the Nuggets. And they almost won it and it wasn't even their A plus. It's just Mike got hot and that was almost enough. So yeah. it helped me realize there was a real real level difference between these squads. So here's why we remember this series the way we remember it. Because game four, Denver loses, right? They lose the game. And in game five in the first quarter, the Wolves were up big. They were up like 15 yeah. in the first quarter. So you kind of are watching that going like, oh, crap, did Denver lose momentum? Did they lose their mojo in the series? 
Um, and they kind of had, but then they stormed back in the second quarter. They cut the lead. They take a lead. It was tied with a minute to go, so it was down to the very last minute. Jokic, who had actually struggled in the clutch of this game, comes up huge in the final minute. Back-to-back yep. buckets on Rudy Gobert, basically. And he had an even better smirk than he had in game two. After the second one, which put him up like five with 20 seconds or maybe less, he just kind of has this look on his face of like, <laughs> uh, I always illuminate Rudy. Uh, illuminate Rudy. <laughs> Dude, Rudy must hate him internally and quietly, and I wouldn't blame him. Um, but yeah, it was, an, it was another game where... That's that game was the formula for the Wolves stealing a game, and they still did it. They still did, and it was that's the thing about having the best player in the world, even on an off night, even in a night where you kind of look even with your competition, or they've got something figured out that you're doing. The separator is always like, ah, this guy is better than anyone on your team, and that only has to be true for five minutes at a time, and. You know, Jokic, much like LeBron, even in games where he's struggling, he's always going to find those five minutes. And that—that's the you go, and this one, it was one minute. Honestly, right. he kind of was bad the last was, five minutes, was. and then he was great. Then the he last cleaned minute. it up when he needed to. There was a—I was in the building for that one. Obviously, a little anxiety, a little anxiety yeah. towards the end. Oh, because if they lose that and have to go back to Minneapolis, yeah, you're like, that was now it. it's weird. Man. No one, everyone knew they were going to win the series, but the conversation was, don't go back. Because we wanted to see short series. They yeah. haven't done that yet. Yeah. And so that was a, hey, we're at home. Let's not F around here. Let's close the door. So if I rank this series, I go one, two, three, five, four. I think the series got a little less interesting as it yeah. went on. It was a bit of a slog. All right, let's go into round two, the Sun Series. Game one, absolute beatdown. I remember my tweet on the timeline was the Italian finger hand saying it's an absolute clowning or something like that. Like it's a clowning because this was one we were nervous about. We've been waiting for. How are they going to respond? And they respond by humiliating those poor fools. They were up. They outscored them in the second quarter, 37 to 19. All right. Coming into that series, I felt very confident about Denver, but I was prepared to sweat it out. Yep. I was prepared for some annoying close games, some calls that go KD's way that we hate in the fourth, and just generally feeling anxious the whole time. And the hardest part about game one, covering it, was not going full smuggets mode, not getting up here and being, because we all thought it, and I think we were right even. Are they even in the same level? Are they even right. in the same tier? And obviously Phoenix would have a little pushback, but that was eh, the question after game they- one. Kind of, kind of, kind of. Yeah, they made some shots. Yeah, they pushed back. Yeah, they pushed. I don't, back. but they, they never. But that in game one, it was, man, how are no? Actually, here's what I remember narratively going into it. It's how can Jokic cover a team like that? How can Denver right. guard a team like that? And the question flipped so hard on its head. Yeah, you're walking away going, is there anything they can do to stop Jokic? And the answer, of course, would be no. The answer was definitely no. Definitely. In that game. Um, yeah, just Murray and Jokic both. I mean, obviously the Murray moment, which was so big. We're, we're ready, ready for, for this, this, which is just an all-timer. So many people have cited that as the moment it hit them. They were winning the title. Same. It really was. Yeah. That game, because we wanted to see like Minnesota, whatever. Let's see how they are against this team. And it was like, oh, no, they are ready. Game two was a slug. A slug. 97-87. 
You remember this was a great defensive performance by the Nuggets, but nobody could score except for you. I mean, how often does this happen? Defensive slugfest. Nobody can score. Jokic, 39 points, 17 of 30 shooting. I think <laughs> He's the one guy that somehow is never affected by it. Which, by the way, in hindsight, is why Malone never coached offense and never gave a shit. He's like, actually, if you guys just play defense, he will win the He'll game. He'll win it, yeah. He, and you know what? It's a good point. Um, so he has 39. Nobody else really has a good game for the Nuggets. This is this is really how you would put this. Um, KCP goes 5 of 6, but Murray is 3 of 15. It's a pretty bad mm -hmm. game for him. And meanwhile, Devin Booker starts his assault. Like Game 1, he was good. He was making some shots. He starts to get game hot Game 2, here. he has 35, and he starts 4 of 8 from 3, and he's starting to get hot here. It was a good game, but not that rewatchable because everyone was no. off. But Malone loved it, and do you remember why? A defensive slugfest. But also, he compared it directly to the Minnesota series, where games one and two, they won for very different reasons. Right. And I think he was very excited to see that materialize right away against Phoenix. Like, okay, in game one, they couldn't touch you. In game two, they're with you. How is this going to look? And it was, coach, we're ready to win ugly, and I don't know if they are. And so that, I think, to me, I heard a decided leap in Malone's confidence, which was already pretty high. But that was his takeaway after game two. Game three, the Nuggets lose. Jock Landale gets his number called and, um, you know, ends up actually making an impact in big that difference. game, making a big difference in that game. Um, the Nuggets lose this one, but Jokic still goes for 30, 17, and 17. Sneaky one of his all-time great games. He goes 11 of 19 from the field, but 30, 17. I mean, it is almost a bummer that he couldn't get the 30, 20, 20, because we had the 30, 20, 10 game, which had only been done by him and Kareem right, or whatever. Right, right, right. But if he would have had a 30, 20, 20 game, I'm pretty sure he would have been alone there. 17 assists. Um, and then on the other side, the real story of this game was Devin Booker, 20 of 25 shooting. I mean, he just went absolutely off in this one, and Denver dropped it. Yeah, and but what was funny was that was the story, except Denver starters won their minutes, didn't they? And yeah. So I remember kind of realizing that, and it was going to be the same way in Game 4. To that point, the deciding factor had actually been the benches. Right. And Denver's, Including in the first round where the bench was good. Yeah, and even in that game one, which was a blowout, part of it was yep, that Denver's right. second unit came in and extended instead of just treading, and that the shit was done. Yep. And then they, I remember feeling when it went back to Phoenix, yes, Devin Booker got hot. It was very easy to overlook that Jokic was low-key outplaying him during those stretches, but they couldn't stop Jock Landale, and then, of course, in game four, it was, uh, it was someone else. In game four... This one is where Devin Booker continues his assault, but this is the one where they basically said, let's guard Jokic straight up and see what happens. Yeah. And it's a Jokic career high. Now, Denver loses this game. He shoots 20 of 30, goes for 53 points, and again, the starters are all positive except for KCP. He was the lone negative, but the starters win their minutes. It just came down to that bench, really couldn't, couldn't hold it together, and Devin Booker goes 14 of 18, staying on fire. But this game was kind of fun. And Shamit too. Remember, he hit like he was wide open, but he hit five them of eight. All, yeah, that was the Shamit game. That's when they pull away. This is why, like after that game, when people, I just wasn't that nervous. You're nervous because anything can happen in a three game series. But I was like, Denver's kind of winning everything. They haven't really lost, other than Booker's just absolutely on fire. And this to me was when I mean, for me, he was already there. But Jokic in this just divine tier of playoff performers. The conversation is like, well, that's you just got to make him a scorer. And you're like, bro, he just dropped 53 and you barely won because Landry Shamit had the game of his life. Because I don't even think people are wrong about make him a scorer. I just, I remember thinking, yeah, you're probably going to lose that way too, right. man. Like, just a different way to lose. Yeah. Like, and I know they won that game, but 
Jokic, we're like, well, we just got to make Jokic beat us. Well, the starters won their minutes, and he scored 53 points. So feel free to try that again was how I felt. Um, then we go to game five. And if you want to say set the stage for it, you can say it is 2-2. Anything can happen at this point. Booker's on fire. What What's going to be the story? Well, the story was, and I need people to remember this because I do think it gets lost to history. Game one's a blowout. Game two is a comfortable win. Games three and four are close, but Denver loses. Game five was a butt whooping. Game five, Bruce drops 25 points. <laughs> Nuggets dominate the first and the fourth period in this game. 35-24 in the first quarter. 39-25 in the third quarter. They dominated the only parts of this game that really mattered, and it was over by the fourth. Oh, dude, by halftime, you're the we're thinking, hang on, I've seen this movie before. Pull well, up well no, 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 you're thinking game six. Oh, that's right, excuse me. In, game, in the second quarter, away. they did kind of come away. back on Denver's bench a little thank you, bit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm but so... Denver was still up, I think, like four or five. And then the third quarter happens, and they outscore them by 14. They're up 20 going into the fourth. Thank you, I, I did I did jump ahead. Um, and sticking with the, the logic that we had figured out, hey, someone off the second unit needs to step up at home, and Bruce obliged in yeah. that moment. And that was, for me... Now, it actually kind of fell off a cliff from here, this part of it. But for me, I'm remembering that the second unit was the Achilles heel of this team for 82 games. And at this point in the playoffs, it had looked like a strength. And Bruce Brown, these are the moments where you're going to be missing Bruce Brown. Yes, you can be. You can think of how my, guys might fill gaps with their skill sets. But Bruce scored 25 points in this game. Like, who's going to do that? And, and sometimes you need that, even when your starting five is the best there is. Philly, Philly uh, Urbanite has a good mo uh, comment in the chat there where he says, at this point, Book was in the combo as best player in the playoffs. Right, he had right. a great first round. And then in the second round, him going off in games three and four the way that he did. Oh, what did we lose there? Um, so, and then him going off, you know, he had a case for it. But this was the one where, in my heart, I'm saying, first of all, Yoke's been just the scorer that Booker has been, but also doing these other things. And I kept thinking, thinking, 15 of 20, 14 of 18. That's what Booker shot in those, in those two games. And I was like, he's really good, man. I have a lot of respect for his ability to make tough shots. But even that for him is a little hot. What does he go in this game? 8 of 19, which is really good. That's really good. Guess what he was? Minus 19. Because he had to be 15 of 20 for them to be in the game. You know what they started doing a little bit in game 5-2? KCP starts picking him up full court yep, every now yep, and then. Wear him down a little. Some of the tricks they had deployed to tire Murray yep. out. Denver said, all right, man. Can you do that and do this and still have legs in the fourth? And the answer was no. And then game six, an absolute clowning. 44 to 26 yeah. in the first quarter. They jump on them. They dominate. They're up 20 points. Basically, the entire game, they're up 20 points. You never got nervous this entire time. And Phoenix went home sad. And it was like everyone remembered the Dallas game. And Forget that. No, Everybody remembered game four of the Nuggets Sun series. Jokic gets ejected. He's I'm frustrated. Just saying it was the same thing. It was. But it was the same thing in that, oh, they didn't show up at all. But to me, this was payback because remember then Booker gets up in Jokic's face sure. and the Jokic is like, what are you going to do or whatever he's saying to him. But they're kind of doing the smirk, the like get off the, you know, sweep, Suns and four. It was a clowning of Denver. This one was the ultimate payback where it was, hey, 
Yes, you guys won your yeah, two yeah, games because yeah, yeah. you got hot. But you came back here for game five, and we smacked you right off the court. Then we went to your building where you were trying to even it up, and we humiliated you so bad that Murray and Jokic sat for most of the fourth quarter. Yep, and it was, hey, remember what everyone was thinking after games one and two, that you're not even in our class? Yeah, back they, to that. They were right. They, they were right. Yeah, they were right about that. Oh, these are some fun games. That Minnesota, I don't think, had any classics. The Phoenix series has tons of classics. I agree with that. I think I'm going to change my order here. Okay. I have it on my sheet one way, but I think I might. No, you know what? I'm going to keep it. I think you're right. Game one then was the best. We're ready for this. Just an iconic moment. Game six was the next one. Absolute clowning. Get off to get these bums off our court. See you later. Game five I did is the next one. You do forget that Matt Eshbia came to Denver with Mel Tucker, which is kind of hilarious. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that aged well. That aged really poorly for them. You guys remember uh, Mel Tucker? So that was next. Game two was probably fourth best. And then the last two, the two losses, I'd say game four is a sneaky good game. Like Denver lost, but it's a career high for Yoke. It was a, it was an unbe- it was actually because I knew they were going to win the series, so I was yeah. able to step a, take a step back and say all-time two-game playoff duel. Yeah. And everyone needed to acknowledge more that it was a two-person involvement. Yeah. And like Booker was going crazy. Jokic was playing some of the best basketball a center has ever played in those games, yeah. all playoffs long. And it was one of the best duels I've ever seen. And how often do you see a center and a shooting guard yeah. duel? duel yeah. But it happened. But it was. And then game three was the last one, but also really good. So I think all six games of this, supremely rewatchable, super fun. But if I had to rank them, I think one, six, five, two is the way I would I would put it. I think you have it right, buddy. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, the Lakers. Oh, man. You'd think I'd be ready for this ad read, wouldn't you? Well, you know how the rhythm of the show is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind Love is sick because they're one of the oldest dispensaries in Colorado. And now they're friends and partners with DNVR. They've been around since the original boom here in CO, 2010, actually. So they don't just do all the good stuff you've come to expect from all your dispensaries. They're changing the game, contributing to the culture. Authentic genetics, pa- uh, patient growth techniques, one of the highest quality brands in Colorado. And of course, their new game-changing products, TurboCore, a 100 milligram stick, looks like a toothpick. Guess what? It's full-spectrum cannabis, actually. You stick it in the joint, the joint is even stronger. Turbo, baby. Turbo it up. These uh, these guys are awesome. Check out the Get It While It's Hot flower shelf. Right now, they have one-eighths going out the door for 20 bucks. Ounces for $100. That's insane. Visit one of our stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR and receive the DNVR exclusive 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. That's 25% off, gang. That adds up real quick. Visit that website at kindlove.com. Check out their exclusive or their extensive menu and make sure you use code DNVR. We back? Yeah. Now there's one more, you know. You know how we do it. Oh, dude, Breckenridge Brewery. Man, Broncos Country. It's time to drink again. I'm so sorry. But there's the Broncos Country beer, which is the beer of the month. It's only six bunks right now at the DNVR bar. New recipe. It's got a great taste. Breck Brew has a beer for every occasion. Football Sunday, Nuggets games, just time to go to the beach. They like to mess around. They like they like to. We talk about Jokic is innovative with the game. Breck Brew's innovative with their beers, but they never sacrifice that beer core, that beer quality. We all want to enjoy when we crack a cold one open. Check out the Breck Brew locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Alrighty, and we are back. Let's get into the funnest round yet. The Suns one was pretty fun, man. The Suns Lakers, I'm telling you, it's like neck and neck. I think you have to go Lakers just because of how much I hate them, but yeah, it was the, right there. I think as a neutral observer, the Suns series is more fun, but the weight. 
talk about defeating Nug Life. Oh. You sweep the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Stabbed it in the heart. And it was you're you're sitting there going, man, don't pinch me if this is a dream. You know, <laughs> no, don't even let me enjoy the dream. I'm, I'm good in the sleep world. Uh, guess what? It was real. Um, game number one. We we voted it the greatest game of Jokic's career. It's the Jokic masterpiece. He goes for these are real numbers against Anthony Davis. <laughs> Thirty four points, twenty one rebounds, fourteen assists. He hits that iconic shot in Anthony Davis's eye, the one that makes Anthony Davis look at him and go like this. Yeah. The Nuggets had a 134.7 offensive rating. Now, coming into this series, people were talking about Anthony Davis being the best defensive big of all time. Right. Just defensively, he could be everything. What a run This was, was a on. matchup between the best offensive center and the best defensive center. What's going to happen? It was a knockout. It was a knockout. In fact, he knocked him out of the matchup. Don't you remember? <laughs> he really did Who knock was guarding him out? Jokic at the end of the game? A Jokic masterpiece. They did roll back. The only negative thing about this is that the Lakers did kind of roll back on Denver, but it worked out in the long run. But all it really did was inflate Jokic's numbers and give Michael Malone some ammunition. Oh, I gave him plenty of ammunition. That was actually the best part. People go, oh, I don't know about this moral victory, and Malone just goes. Pfft. Also, vote. I know it's easy to forget this because it was. I don't know if you remember a sweep. But people That's coming right, yeah. into that series had the Lakers. Some of them in a sweep. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. And, of course, we were all chastised for how confident we felt coming into the series, just deciding if it should be five games or, 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 or four, and with good reason. And a big part of it is that I think we all knew in our hearts AD was not going up against the same Jokic. Jokic was not going up against the same Lakers front court. Right. The whistle was going to be different. Yeah. And this shot where is a great example because here's the thing as much as we like to clown Anthony Davis is one of the best defensive centers yeah. of all time and look at that still shot Adam that's perfect defense did it matter no it did nothing not but matter. net from like from bones range honestly yeah. like super super deep and this one you're still thinking as a Lakers fan well it's lucky but as a Denver fan you're thinking can't wait for the next one and guess what they came they came and they kept they coming kept in this coming. series that game to me is just about as happy as you can get if you only rewatch one Nuggets game ever it's probably that one it's a Jokic masterpiece it's the Lakers looking completely dejected, and it was the game. That shot, to me, was the moment. It was the moment that every, not every, almost every, I should say every self-aware Jokic skeptic completely melted <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. said, you know what, I was wrong. It was with that shot coming on the heels of that performance where you watch LeBron, Anthony Davis, both in their bag, come up. Several tiers short of what Jokic was doing. So uh, I was actually out on vacation with my family at that, for that first game. My little brother had never seen like five year old kid. Loves the Chiefs. Hate him for that. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't race him, so I don't care. Yeah. Um, but he'd never seen basketball in his life. That was the first ever basketball game we saw. Immediately when we got back to Denver, my mom had to go buy him a Jokic jersey because yeah. he was in love with basketball and he can't stop talking about it because of that one game. Imagine that being your first game though. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's like, I don't know if it's going to be like that every just time. So you know, there's some up and downs in this business. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's 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 also the, you know, everyone caught that one, right? Yes, it's Jokic's best game. We have seen Jokic masterpieces. Yeah. Many people didn't. Yeah. Then comes the TNT game. Jokic is maybe grumpy about a horse race. And it's like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But no one missed game one. Yep. It was the Lakers and half the people, over half the people, tuned in to watch LeBron do that to them. Yep. And it went very hard in the other direction. 
And so if you're still a Jokic skeptic, you simply missed that game or you're lying. Uh, no, no, there, it's not. It's like a lack of self-awareness, which is like put those people in a separate box, sure, man. But that's my point being like this game Mark was Jones. the if there was any, any, you're not sure it would. It, it, it's gone. It's stamped out. Game two was a was a great game as well. A bit closer. It, that was the fourth quarter barrage game. This was the one where Murray, Porter, everybody kind of unleashes and oh, hits all of these big shots. Oh, man. Murray does this one. And here's another thing I love about that game. Because Anthony Davis had 40. Jokic had 34, 21, and 14. Right. A better game. Everybody, you know, Jokic outplayed Anthony Davis, made him force the uh, switch the lineup and everything else. But AD still had a good game. But remember to that point, AD's defense was always there, but his offense would come and go. Game two, Anthony Davis, 4 of 15. Yeah, the offense went. The offense went. And yeah. listen, part of it, too, I will actually give him credit for this. And because I think it's ultimately just a Jokic compliment. He had to play his ass off on defense. Yeah. He had to yep. be a defensive specialist. And even when you're the very best players in the world, Kawhi's my perfect example of this. You can be a defensive specialist. The more they ask you to score 40, you can't do both. You cannot do both. That's why a lot of the best players become so offensively lopsided. And even a guy like Kawhi, who slowly stopped guarding the best player, AD had to do both in that series, and it's why they never had a chance. Game three, the Murray game, 37 for him. Most of those were in the first half, by the way, but he was on fire, hit the first shot of the game. I think he started like seven of seven or something like that in that game. Um, he was on fire. <laughs> the one funny thing about this game do you remember D'Angelo Russell after game one? Malone is like, it's going to be interesting if they keep playing him. And they played him in game two. Same result. Nuggets murdered every minute he was on the court. was a disaster for the Lakers. Game three, you're thinking, are they going to make a switch? They don't. They don't. And Murray roasts him. Like, Murray is just going crazy on D'Angelo Russell. And you're thinking, oh, my God. Um, they all, yeah, they're still trying to. Because there's that thing they picked up in the film session, but they can't. I just can't. He's still going right. Yeah. <laughs> and then. The two-man game in the final four minutes was just unstoppable. This was a good game. Murray being red hot. He went ice cold in the second half. But Murray being red hot early on kept Denver in the game. And then it gets to clutch time. And you're sitting here thinking, like, going into this game, I thought, all right, Denver's probably going to lose game three. That's just how it goes, the rhythm of this one. Denver gets to the final five minutes of this game, and you're thinking, like, they have a chance to do this. And not only do they close out the game, they dominate the clutch. Right. The Murray-Jokic two-man game is Chef's kiss, beautiful. And this game's actually not that close. It was a close game all game. But in the clutch, Denver just separated, put it to bed. And for me, it was... Oh, by the way, Jokic was in foul trouble. It's part of why this game was a little close. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to bring that one up Go too. for it. This was a huge watershed moment because it's game three. It's 2-0. If you win this, it's done. But you're back in LA. We remember the AD shot. Long, Long-standing citizens of Nug Life remember much more than I do. And it is all at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. You have to get this game. Game three happens. Yoke picks up a fourth foul. He leaves the game. Denver's up six. The Lakers need to make their run here, and yep. they do. But Bruce Brown, I believe AG, although I don't know if it shows up statistically, KCP gets hot at the end of the third. Yep. You're and right. the non-Yoke minutes all year, bro, all year, not just the bench, but the non-Yoke right. minutes. That's exactly it. They can't. They can't. They're drowning. It's a great note. And they, they, go, they do lose those minutes, but they they keep their heads above water, and it's enough for Jokic to come back in and shut the door. It was the emotional climax of the playoffs. The Nuggets win that one, and the way they win it with the Jokic-Murray two-man game just separating the game. You have the LeBron AD clutch, like you think, at home. 
going to be battle for even Murray Jokic in the starting lineup. It's going to be tough to close this one out. It didn't. It looked like every other series. It looked like the Phoenix series. It looked like the Wolves series. It looked like Tuesday against any team. Denver's two-man game just took over, and they separated, and it was the emotional climax, I, in my opinion, of the entire run. Game three, you sat there and go, they got it. And by the way, they're looking there with their hands in their air, like, what do we do? In a way that reminded me of how teams used to feel when playing the Warriors. Ironically, right after the Lakers had just cleaned the Warriors out, and maybe this is game four, Adam, but they run like two inverted pick and rolls, and then they run the inverted DHO, and Yoke just sprints into it. No, I think you're actually make me confusing the Miami game. This might have been in Miami. Okay, I'll, I'll either way. We'll we'll either way. There's, but oh, wait, no, no, I think you're right. No, you are right. It's it a barrage game. Yeah, of like yeah. inverted two-man action. Walking right to the rim. And they're like, well, we don't want Jokic, so we'll do this. And then yeah. they're like, okay, now Murray does no, the handoff. this is the game. This yeah. is the exact game. This and, is what I'm talking about. In the clutch, they just separated because uh, the Lakers' offense wasn't quite as good as they expected it to be in the clutch. And Denver did not miss. And they didn't just not miss. They got the easiest looks they needed. Murray has the layup yes. where he spins through and lays it up like this as if he's like, we're Yoke, getting layups on you guys in the clutch. Yoke sprints into the DHO. The Lakers are like, what the fuck is happening? Someone slides over. He spins. Oh, yeah. Mike relocates. <laughs> yeah. And Yoke hits him. You're like, you cannot guard that. You Chess can't. versus checkers, man. You they can't. were spinning in circles. Oh, that game oh, is so God. great. Dude, this is sick. We should do this every show. <laughs> Game four was a great one because this was the LeBron game where he's like, I'm not going to get swept. I'm not getting swept. And he got swept. The Nuggets, remember, they took the shot from the Lakers and the, uh, from LeBron, really. Like, LeBron was like, I'm going to do it all on my own. I'm going to guard Jokic and I'm going to make all my threes. Yeah. Perfect first half. Denver's down 15. Guess what happened in the third quarter? Arguably the best quarter Denver played in the entire playoffs. Man. They outscore him 36 to, 13, or to 16 in the third quarter. And... The highlight of the game was, even though it wasn't the end of the game, well, it wasn't the highlight. Jokic has two shots, one in LeBron's eye and one in Anthony Davis's eye. That's right. Those are the highlights. But the other highlight, the sneaky highlight was KCP's and one on Anthony Davis to give Denver the lead for the first time in the third quarter. And he flexes on the ground. Jokic kind of gives his, like, like, that was the moment where the Nuggets just took LeBron's best shot, the Lakers' best shot, Came stormed back in two minutes, like of great offense. They stormed all the way back, and they just like they were in a way. Jokic is never emotional like that. Yeah, oh, he yeah. lets one out because he was like, "We're sweeping you. And, like, this and is over." Reminds me of a point we missed in the in the Suns game. There's the close of that series, and you want to talk about where they really worried. There's that shot of Jokic yeah, and Jamal. sitting there, bored. They're like yawning. They're bored. But yeah. the Lakers one, you could tell if they say it wasn't personal. I think they're probably lying. That's fine. They looked like they wanted that one. Also, the symbolism of how it ends, because for so long, it's teams like Denver, fun and cute. What are they going to do to stop LeBron? And it's and that's a fair question, by the way. But it's Aaron Gordon and Jamal get that stop. And you're like, there's just this symbolism and like, oh, it's different now. It's man. different. It's just dude. different. We're the bullies. Yeah. Th this one, that, that series was like a boxing match where round one was just completely... Put him on the mat twice. You know, you're yeah. just like, oh, my God. Then game two, same thing. Dominate it. Then game three, you put him on the mat again, or round three. And then round four is where the boxer comes out knowing that they're not going to go the distance. So they're like, I just got to get a knockout punch. Let me throw. And they dominate for like half the round, just throwing all these punches. And you're like, how much of these are landing or whatever? And then the Denver just comes out of that and is like, nah, those didn't hurt. Boom! <laughs> knockout so punch in the third quarter. And that's why I love granting all the Lakers fans Fine, you want to tell me it was the most competitive? It wasn't! No, but also, fine. Tell me, 
I don't know. Was, we played oh, really yeah. good basketball. You it sure was, did. It was the best sweep. You, yeah. yeah. You guys really almost won a game. It wasn't, man. I'm telling you, go back and rewatch these, and you're just like, oh, yeah, Denver was not losing an inch. They weren't giving up an inch to that Lakers team. They swept them. The games weren't quite as close as people want to remember them, to be honest with you. Like, a lot of these games, the last two minutes weren't that close. No, no. But in this one, oh, my God. They it was looked beautiful. close, and then what did we learn? One team was much better than All right, let's take a break on the other side, the finals. We're going to race through that, and then I'm going to give you my official order. Hey, DraftKings pick of the week. Colorado-Oregon looks like a fun game. It's going to be tough to pick Colorado money line, especially with Travis Hunter out. Um, but there's a really big spread. It's 21 points. Wow, that's a spread. So I would suggest looking at that spread. I'm not going to tell you which way to go, Adam. I'm not going to tell you which way to go, but depending on how confident you feel about this game one way or another, uh, it's minus 10 in either direction to take either team to cover uh, the 21-point spread. That's where I'm looking. We're going to learn a lot about CU this weekend. We're going to learn a lot. Uh, that's your DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, uh, and here's just your conventional ad for Shady Rays, who we love so very much. We tell you about them all the time because it gets real sunny in Colorado. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, not a tundra. Lots of sun happening here. Take on the sun with gear built to last like Shady Rays. You have to, uh, you don't have to spend a ton to look like you're worth a million bucks, to feel like you're worth a million bucks. That's why I get my shady my shades at Shady Rays, where I shop with no risk. If I don't even like them and I can, I can exchange for a new pair, return them for free. And we're not just telling you this for fun. We've got a code. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code DNVR. 50% off. Half off, folks. Two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, we gave you that DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Uh, let's just talk about DraftKings because it's a great time to have a lot of fun on DraftKings. I started to lose my interest in the NFL at some point in my sports fandom. I was working my way back to it. And uh, you don't have to do this, but betting really helped me. Just throw in five bucks every here and there on like an underdog. You sit down, this game, all of a sudden you've got skin in the game. It's so much fun. They're keeping you uh, up to date on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5, get $200 instantly. If you're an existing company customer, they're always throwing sweet bonuses and bets your way. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the app now with code DNVR. An official sport, uh, use DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code DNVR. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Twenty one plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash/football/terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All righty. Final segment here, and let's going to talk about the finals now against the Miami Heat. Um, game one, Nuggets just control the whole game. This I'll say this about this series. There's a highlight. There's a couple games in here that are super highlights, but I think this one is probably more like the Wolves series than it is like the Suns and Lakers, and that there's a couple iconic performances for sure, but for the most part, it was a grind. Like Miami know how to make this really slow the numbers didn't really pop out on most of the games yeah and denver won in a way that was tense but not necessarily like highlight worthy no and also expected yeah and, expected, and i think you're right. even 
I think even some Miami fans. Well, we'll get to it. There's a brief. There's one flicker of hope for Miami, uh, and it's extinguished. Nuggets control game one. I don't have much takes outside of that. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon coming out of a bunch of matchups which were really physical, and he had to play up all the time. Miami didn't have anyone to guard no. him. I think that's the one in the first quarter where he's oh, you're just right. That is you're right. Caleb Barton. You're and, right. He's so big in that. And you're game. like, oh, this is a matchup problem. Um, game two is the worst game. Pro- I mean, not to spoil it, I think maybe the worst game of the entire playoff run. Denver just didn't show up. Murray, I thought, got a little too excited. Yes. I think Denver probably saw the finish line and was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And and Miami uh, Miami capitalized on it. Um, but this was a very poorly played game by Denver. I think the only poorly played game of the entire playoffs. It was also the case for Miami stealing some games. So well coached, so disciplined. So if you play your best basketball, right. you're beating them. If you show up half asleep, they're going to beat you. And that was the case in game two. Um, it's also the only game I attended. All playoffs. You didn't I was 0 for 1. Really? Yeah. Uh, game 3 is, to me, an all-timer. This is the double 30-point triple-doubles. Oh, yeah. um, th- and this, to me, was one of my favorite games because we needed to see... Murray had a terrible game, too. I was a little worried that he was too... Um, he wanted it for himself a little too yeah. much. Like, was he going to make the right reads, this or that? Game three was an absolute masterpiece because he had to both score and be aggressive, but also make the right play. One of his best games he's ever played in terms of all around. Him and Jokic, just absolute masterpiece. Maybe the definitive duo game, right? When the only duo to post triple doubles in the same game in the finals, uh, it was a response to an ugly game, too. And it was. I mean, I think we all know Jokic is one of the very best players of all time. When Murray is at his best, he belongs with him step for step in that partnership. And this was Murray at his best. I put this note in here. It's a little tense still because Miami won game two. And then Denver, in the first quarter, it's a little ugly. And Miami fans are starting to get into it. And I don't know if you remember, Miami puts together maybe the best defensive possession anyone does in the playoffs. The ball is swung to Murray. Someone's in his face. Time is out. Side, side left, left wing, left, left wing, wing yeah. sidestep three drains it. Yep, the crowd just done. And it's in front of the Nuggets bench, and he looks down at the Nuggets bench and kind of says something to him. And it was just one of those ones, like, yeah. And that's there's a Murray thing you can't explain, even if you do this for a living. I'm gonna try to. Yes, those game twos will happen where he presses, but it's not just enough to have a dynamic player next to Jokic. It's not just enough to have a guy who can hit an open three. In the finals, in the playoffs, you need a guy who can hit that three. Yep. And that's who Murray is every time. Game three of the finals was Kobe and Shaq. That was that to me, like if I envision what's next for Murray, yeah. it's game three. It's can you just be that guy now all the time? And honestly, I think he can because he was that guy again in game four. Aaron Gordon had 27 points on this game. He shot 11 of 15. Um, Nugget starters absolutely crushed. Kind of a ho-hum win, to be honest with you. Denver just won and never really got threatened in it. It just balances restored. Yeah. Jokic and Murray did what best players do in game three, and then the team, I think, felt the, the ground steady beneath them, the ship. And then game five was just an ugly game, but it was so meaningful. So like there wasn't a whole lot of like beauty or sexy to this game, but it was the one that clinched it. 94-89, it really reminds me a lot of game seven uh, in the bubble against Utah, mm. where it was... You knew it was going to be tough. It was tough. It was ugly. It was a grind, but Denver was the better team. They were ready. This was this was could have been game two. The difference was Denver's approach no. as it got as there was um they could have gotten mired down in the viscosity of it, you know, just like yeah. a sticky 
kind of slow, but they they pushed through. And actually, what they had shown Malone earlier in the in the playoff run, they can win those games. So yeah. shout out to Denver. All right, I'm going to rank these top 20 now going backwards, and I'm going to race through the bottom 10 just because whatever. But I think Heat game two, the finals game two, is the worst game. No, don't rewatch it. Denver played terrible. It was a slog. It wasn't a good game. Wolves game four, Denver loses this in overtime. Again, Denver's offense was starting to get a little clunky towards the end of this series, yeah. and that was one of them. Anthony Edwards is going off. Suns game three, and then Suns game four come in 18 and 17. I actually think both games are pretty rewatchable. As far as Strong agree, Denver dude. lost four games, Wolves game four, Heat game two, I don't recommend going back and watch. Suns game three and four, kind of a good watch. I'm telling you, man, people are going to be like, when Booker's story is all said and done, people are going to be like, you got to go back and watch these two games. In which he was arguably outplayed by Jokic. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's so, so true. Uh, number sixteen, Wolves game five. It was a slog, but Denver wins. There were some moments in there. Uh, number fifteen, Wolves game three. Again, this Wolves series. I'm not kidding. A lot of them came at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, and then number fourteen, Heat game four. I said it was a ho hum win. It was the finals and put Denver up three one. You kind of knew, so it was important. But a slog. Game 13, uh, number 13, Wolves game two. Yep. Uh, this game would have been way higher if it wasn't for that third quarter meltdown where Denver gets outscored by 21 points right, or whatever like that. Right. It ruins the game, but they actually had moments that were really, really good. Uh, number 12, Suns game two. So here's what we get. The top 12 here, Suns game two, Suns Nuggets game two, A-plus game. <laughs> totally fun rewatch if you go to rewatch it. And it's 12. Man, that is crazy. Big time performances. Number 11 is Heat Game 5 because the Nuggets win the title. I mean, really, that's why. And now we're in the top 10. Wolves Game Number 1. I'm interested at this placement. Make your argument for why that should be. Because all these other games are unbelievable, man. (laughs) No, no, I meant higher than, say. Oh, because Denver looked unbelievable. Like, yeah, Yeah, I mean, part of this is like, if you want to have fun, go back and watch this one where the ball's popping, the defense is unbelievable. There's lots of fast breaks. It just, it's a great game. It's just, it's Denver plays great. Ten is Wolves game one. Okay, number nine is Heat game one. Same thing, Denver. It's in the finals. The pressure's up, and Denver just looks really good. There's big time performances. Uh, Number eight is Lakers game four. This one is just the comeback. The third quarter is unbelievable. Switch game nine there, yeah, yeah, to Heat game one, buddy. Oh, yeah. Number nine is Heat game one. That's finals game one. Um, Okay, sorry. Yes, Lakers game four. That's Heat. There we go. He's got it. Yeah, there you go. I I would never type live on the internet. So Number eight is Lakers game. (laughs) Number number four is Lakers game four. Just the comeback. Jokic has two freaking unbelievable. One on LeBron, one on AD. It's the one where LeBron says you just have to tip your hat. Yes, because Jokic was that good. And even your own masterpiece Gets completely erased by Jokic. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the AD and LeBron talking like they got back from World War II. Just yeah. like, we did everything we could. Yeah, so Never true. seen anything like that. There's literally nothing LeBron anybody could ever do. Yeah. AD, like. Number seven is Suns game five. Just a clowning. I mean, yeah. they just start. That's where they start to clown on them. Um, how could you not enjoy that one? You're also nervous for it. Number six, Lakers game two. Another one. Another just like, uh, you know, clowning. I mean, these are where we get into the clownings. Number five, Suns game one. Yeah. The second biggest clowning in that entire series. This So I would say because of the Nug Life thing, the Lakers series was heavier. Yeah. But I actually think it was a little more tense going Vi- in. It was vibier in the Suns series, man. And we, it was weren't, we weren't sure what the Suns yet were, man. Yep. And it was just a and, – and it was off the – all the shit they talked, and if only Jamal was healthy, yep. and you're like, guess what it looks like? Yeah, what guess is. what it looks like. Guess you guys what are outclassed. Like what it is. That's why number four is Suns game six. This one was get off of our court, 
Peyton Watson plays four minutes in this game because they're up by so much. Oh, bringing in the, the guys on the two ways, you know, it's like, hey, Jack White, we need you out there, man, because we're trying to rest our guys, get ready for the next round. Number three, Heat game three. I mean, this is a double 30 point. I, I For almost any other run, you're this right. game is number one. Yeah, you're it's right. number three. How is it? Yeah, you're right. Two 30 point triple doubles. An absolute response from Jamal Murray, one of my favorite Jamal Murray games of all time. Also, Yoke was pretty good, I guess, 30-20-10 for the second time this playoffs. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He, that's what he does. Uh, number two, I have Lakers game three on here. Um, again, the emotional climax, I think, of the entire playoffs. I this, this is so maybe blasphemous to say this is the Nuggets won the title game for me. It is. This I mean, is, it really was the moment. And them winning Nug the Life game. Is dead. You kind of just chalked it. It was house money. Um, the Lakers thought they were going to win, yeah. and the Nuggets go in there and win, and not just win, but make the statement, man. And you're just like, oh my oh, they, god, you're this like, team they is get good. this game too. They get yeah. this one too. I that's, didn't even ask yeah, for this one. That's exactly. You're like, I could <laughs> drop this one. It's the one they drop. No, it's this is. And we were in the bar, and you look around, and everyone knows what the symbolism in this matchup is, and people are looking at each other like, yo, we're going to do it. And Jokic They're and Murray, and Jokic and Murray going against LeBron and AD, and LeBron and AD might as well have been Cat and Ant. That just was like, yeah, they're on a different tier, man. Just they're not just, this. Just they're not, not the on same. the level. And then number one is one of my favorite games of all time. Lakers game one. I mean, look at this thing. The best game the from best, uh, yeah, okay, maybe game. the third best player of all time. So uh, let me know what you guys think, man. I'm, we're going to put this out on social, and I'm so curious to see what games people kind of hold more fondly. Honestly, the cool thing about this is it's like when we did the top 25 athletes and people would get mad and be like, how'd you have right. him? So Just tell it, us yours. It's like, it's like, guys, you could be mad or you could admit that all of these games were awesome and your order of them is more about how awesome it was right. rather than getting upset. But this is my order. If you asked me to do this again in a week, I probably would have a slightly different order somewhere Sure, because we're splitting hairs about the happiest days of my it life. It should be done all year round. Just, we just keep redoing it. That's every podcast. Once a month, you have to go back. Right. Yeah. It's 12 rankings, and the last one's the one that counts. I can't believe there's 10 games on here that were all, like, awesome freaking I know, games. I know. I, I'll just love that, you know, how hard it Wait, was to even. But bring that back up yeah, here, because you messed up on number 10 is Wolves game one, not game four. They lost game four. <laughs> Got to make sure we get this right here. Yeah, Heat game. Everything else looks good. That's Wolves game one. All right, everybody. That does it for today. Our Rocky show is up next. Hope you enjoyed looking uh, down memory good, lane. Dude. We are going to redo a rewatch now um, of some of the games here. Stay tuned to Twitter. We'll put it in the Discord as well about what games will be coming up. But I think it'll be fun to do spend a segment looking back and things we might have forgotten as we rewatch the full game. And I, you know, I'll just leave you in the audience with this. If you're having a rough day. Google who the most recent NBA champions are. <laughs> it's the Denver Nuggets. Hit that like button on the way out. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.